0: Hi, I'm Huang Rei. and on today's Alight on Literature, we continue to present the book The Sound of Salt Forming, Short Stories by the Post-80s Generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. In today's episode, we present you the first part of the story, Rough Guest Couple, written by Ma Xiaotao and translated by Li Lian Guth. Now, let's enjoy the story.
1: Chapter One Lelia looked at Wen Xianwan fast asleep and thought she was looking more and more like a cat every day. Her facial features concentrated, her expression relaxed but secretive. Was it because she and the cats had been together too long? He kissed Xianwan's cheek. She groaned faintly twice and rolled over. When Xianwen's foot was outside the quilt, her red nail polish had worn off a bit, making it hard to tell whether this woman was the pretty type or the drab type. Le Lier tucked Xianwen's foot back inside the quilt, stepped over a four sleeping cats, crossed the floor strewn with a myriad of objects, and left for work. Every day was the same. Just before seven, Lei would get up and go to work, but Wen Xiaonuan, who had laid down just a few hours earlier, was in the sweetest phase of deep sleep. Lei had to change two buses to get to work. The distance was about 30 kilometres. He could get there in an hour or so on the highway. The bus was packed. In the early morning, high spirits were required of life's office workers. No one gave way to anyone, and everyone defended his own pin-sized space. But Lê always had a seat because he lived near the terminal station. He lived in the easternmost part of the city. Though it wasn't too convenient for going anywhere, its only advantage was that it was the terminal station. During the slow and long journey, he did not have to stand, but could sit and rest. He performed a simple wash-up, and at exactly seven o'clock he was out the door. Before work, he went to the breakfast place downstairs from his office steamed buns, wontons, pancakes and soy milk. They had only these four products, but the place was sizzling like an international chain with many choices. While eating, he had to smile at the long-faced waiter with a Shandong accent, as if questing for some elixir of immortality. At first, Lelia ate breakfast at home. Wen Xiaonuan would wake half an hour earlier than him, bleary-eyed while fussing with a plethora of kitchen utensils. The two of them would eat breakfast together, with Wen Xiaonuan always half asleep, her eyes squinting and movement sluggish. Lelia suspected she might fall comatose at any time. After finishing, she would see him out of the door and return to her slumber, cooped up. At high noon, she would officially rise. Breakfast was always appallingly delicate. Eggs pan-fried into a heart shape, with the yellow yolk the heart of that heart. Sandwich cut perfectly neatly with bacon ham and tomato pleasingly stacked inside. The mashed potato was a kitten's face. Outside the oval were two triangular ears and on top were two eye like raisins. Hot dogs sliced open to resemble the flower. A pair of them laughing, adorned with toothpicks. God! Who would have thought that in this city's eastern suburbs rough cast home lived a skilled chef in seclusion? After seeing this ordinary becomes extraordinary breakfast, Leliea was excited to the point of spitting blood. He kissed Wen Xianwen's unwashed face ardently, expressing his gratitude and admiration for the breakfast. However, after a few days, Leliea became depressed. Every day it was a pan-fried egg, a sandwich, and a western breakfast, day after day. Meanwhile, Wen became increasingly crazy. The mashed potato kitten that was beyond excellent became an even more precious Persian kitten, green and purple raisins of identical size, sparkling with life. He was almost too embarrassed to ruin Wen Xianwen's new art and didn't know whether to bite off the kitten's ear or ruin its eyes. This simple homemade breakfast was too ceremonial and it made Lelia unsure of what to do and afraid to go all out. What's more, he was a purebred northerner and couldn't stand this southern French or American west coast breakfast. Once or twice as a novelty was okay, but in the long term, he really was scared of this five-star hotel dazzle. In his heart, he longed for curbside steamed buns or porridge with pickles. Whenever he saw Wen Xiaonuan unkempt and busy in the kitchen, his heart shrunk, thinking of how he could face a table full of fancy western food. Leilie kindly admonished Wen not to bustle like this from dawn to dusk. His heart went out to her. Wen politely assured him it was okay. For her dearest, she was willing to forego some sleep. Finally, under Leilie's continuing insistence, Wen Xianwen graciously agreed not to get up and make breakfast. Leilie stroked her head, secretly relieved that he could now finally say goodbye to those toy breakfasts. The mini bun steamer had long been dirty from repeated usage. The wonton bowl also had two chips along its rim, but Lelia ate contentedly from the rough utensils. Now this was how breakfast should be. Simple, hearty, giving you a slightly sweaty forehead. Afterwards, he cleared his throat and walked to the office. Lelia worked at a production company. Purportedly a company, but really more like a workshop. Altogether, there were barely a dozen or so employees. Even he, who had been there less than two years, had already been admitted to the core team. The company was mainly into audio production and occasionally accepted some school texts and video-related work. Although living between the cracks was difficult, there was no lack of work. Last year, Lelier had quit a private corporate TV channel to work here. He gave up stable hosting work to make more money and repay his loans early. Before the corporate TV channel, Leilier had been principal anchor for a cell phone consulting channel. That place had more people than benefits with a handful of anchors jostling to the death. Before the cell phone consulting channel, Leilier had done voiceovers for a sports channel. More than half of his colleagues were former classmates and they cooperated happily and earned heaps. But then the ratings department issued a negative assessment and the program was unfortunately axed. With the program disbanded, Leilier lost his rice bowl. Six years after graduation, he had changed job four times, and now he slaved away at voiceovers, cutting film, and in addition, liaison work. Lelia graduated from the Broadcasting Institute's broadcast department. At school, because of his outstanding work, he had been one of the department's seven wolves. Every time, there were opportunities to attend another school's presentation, to welcome foreign guests, or to perform on CCTV. These seven were always included. They were a rank of tall and mighty male students with handsome faces and sonorous voices. The scene of them all in their black suits was truly dazzling. Now, of these seven, some had effortlessly become TV channel news anchors. Some stepped down from the business and became stay-at-home fathers. And others were freelancers, rich one day and poor the next, doing voiceovers like studio nerds. L'Elier worked nine to five and never strayed too far from his profession. But he had also worked with so much content outside his profession that he felt he was almost marginalised. Wen Nuan had been Lei Lie's younger classmate. The two of them had met in the broadcasting department's student organisation. At the time, Le had just risen to senior four when Wen Nguyen entered the school as a sophomore. As head of the sports department, Le was in charge of choosing assistants from the new students. Wen Xiaonuan sported a pink baseball cap and dyed her hair gold. She wore a pair of light pink flats with two stick-like legs thrust into her shoes. That colourful outfit and her overly thin legs reminded Leilier of a frivolous rainbow parrot. According to protocol, Leilier asked the entrance a few questions. Nothing more than why they wanted to join the sports department and, if accepted, did they have any career plans? New students were all somewhat inexperienced, answering naturally without being too inventive. When it was Wen Wen's turn, at first glance she appeared to be a shrinking violet too. Lelia asked her why she wanted to enter the sports department. She prattled on in reply, saying the outreach department always made you tired from running around. The propaganda department needed you to design posters and organise competitions, too many odds and ends. And in the art department, one enjoyed the limelight, but she wasn't really good at singing and dancing. So, after some thinking, it seemed like the only way she could break through the cordon was via the sports department. Lelia listened to her describing his department as a place with a free lunch, then asked her if she had any plans for the future. She rolled her eyes and replied... I'm campaigning to be an assistant, not a department head. Whatever the department head says to do, I'll do head down and tail up. I don't have that many long-term lofty ambitions. She amused Leila. Given how quick-witted and forthright she was, he might as well recruit her, if only to liven up the atmosphere. So, every day, Wen Xianwen would swagger into the sports department, shadowing Lailia, shouting and whispering and busying herself about this and that. Lailia thought she was a little cuckoo, but cute nevertheless. After that, another one of the Seven Wolves had his eye on Wen Xianwen. He took the opportunity of the student organization's picnic to follow the head of the general's horse and tailed her like a dog. He was so attentive that other people were embarrassed to look. With a scowl, Wen Xianuwen hid herself behind Lelia and refused the wolf's attention. After the picnic, the wolf told Lelia not to pretend to be uninvolved. It was clear that Wen Xianuwen liked him. Time to make a move. Lelia had been single for more than two years. It hadn't been heart-wrenching, but still undeniably lonely. Lelia thought the girl wasn't low-key enough, but still there was something about her, so he decided to sweep her off her feet with a meal. Just as they were about to start and Leilier hadn't gotten to the point, when Xianouin's eyes stared straight ahead. Her complexion turned white, her breathing became difficult and she slipped from the chair. Unlucky, Leilier scooped her up, exited the restaurant and hailed a taxi to the hospital. The white shirt he had specifically put on was trashed with her vomit. His specially stuffed wallet, after paying for the meal and emergency care, immediately returned to its original state. After a stomach pumping, intravenous drip, and much torment, the still-surviving Wen Xianwen finally stabilised. Turned out she was allergic to peanuts. The appetiser pastries had had peanut butter in them. The unknowing Wen Xiaonuan had swallowed two pieces and paid the price of emergency care. His whole body filthy, Lei anxiously sat beside the bed, worrying about her even though nothing happened. Two hours later, Wen Xiaonuan weakly opened her eyes. Lelia feigned annoyance. I've never held a girl, so prepare yourself maybe to marry me. Munchi Anohan replied, Then I'll be your girlfriend first, to slowly prepare. After saying this, she turned over and fell asleep. A simple, casual relationship was thus confirmed at the bedside. After dating for a while, Lelia graduated and moved out of the dormitory to share an apartment near the school. Wen Xiaonuan was at his place all the time. Two years went by, the person next door stopped renting, so Lelia just rented that two-room, one-kitchen apartment. Wen Xiaonuan naturally moved in as well, and so began a life of gazing at one another under a roof without boredom. Now they saved money dating, no going to restaurants or cinemas. They nested at home watching DVDs, reading, playing video games, and going to the cafeteria when hungry, using Wen Shanwen's meal card. At first, Lelia thought Wen Shanwen was mature and understanding and knew how to keep house thriftily. Then he discovered she was just lazy and didn't like outdoor activities. She went out occasionally, but never started for home unless she had spent everything in her pocket. <laughs> You have been listening to Roughcast Couple, a short story selected from the book, The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gong and Yang Qingxiang and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Ma Xiaotao, was born in 1982. She is a member of the Chinese Writers Association and an editor at People's Literature. She was the first prize winner in the New Concept Writing Competition in 2001. Chapter 2 oh, Brother, over the weekend, Lulu and co are coming to have a meal. Have you got time? San and Babbled on the phone. It was one o'clock in the afternoon when she would have just woken up, and her voice still sounded dreamy. Saturday or Sunday? Lelia asked. Oops, they didn't say. I'll ask and then get back to you. See you, brother. Talk about it when I get home. I shouldn't have anything to do. If you're not embarrassed, let them come. And what would I have to be embarrassed about? Get back to work. Don't spend your hours dealing with your wife. Come back early tonight if you can. I made oxtail soup. They'd been together for over six years, and Wen Shanoen still called Lelia brother. Lelia really liked being called this. He felt as if it was like in a martial arts novel. Usually, when a sister married a brother, they didn't start addressing each other as husband and wife. Calling him brother this, brother that, they had a closeness as if they were protégés of the same master. Lelia hung up the phone and continued to eat his takeout cold noodles. He thought about the evening's oxtail soup and broke into a satisfied smile. Originally, Wen Shanoen had no idea how to cook. Before going to college, she had never even boiled water. While not the daughter of a rich family, she was still a spoiled lazybones. Once, with great fanfare, she carried two bags of groceries to Lelia's rented apartment to do some cooking. After more than an hour, she emerged with three bowls. One of them was either a bowl of too-liquid rice or a bowl of very thick porridge. In any case, if it was rice, then it was too soft, and if it was porridge, it was too solid. There was a bowl of neatly cut sausage that looked as if it had been cooked, as it was wafting hot steam, and a bowl of tomato, cucumber and carrots mixed with salad dressing with a mashed boiled egg in the middle. His expression hopeless, Lelia took the three dismal bowls, thinking what he'd do if he really brought home this kind of woman. Lelia cooked the occasional better meals as Wen Xiaonuan stood idly to one side. Later, when Wen was stuck at home with nothing to do, she began organising her career as a chef. Grand talents matured slowly. Then... In the second year, after Wen Xiaonan's graduation, she and her boss had a big falling out. She left, leaving a one-line note. I quit. And packed her suitcase to go back to her hometown to cool off. Lelia came home and found the messy bedroom floor and four cats meowing. He just wanted to pick them up and strangle them. This is indolent Wen Xiaonueng, exiting without notice, leaving four homeless cats as an added insult. That night, Wen Xiaonueng called from the train. Only after boarding did she realise that not saying goodbye was not very nice, so she called especially to apologise to Lei He barked at her, and then Wen Xiaonueng excused herself by blaming her boss. Ever since graduation, she'd been with that company. For eight hours a day, she accepted tasks anytime, such as recording ringtones, creating humorous scripts, and writing ghost stories. When the mail arrived or the phone rang, she would appear promptly in the recording studio. One month's pay was 2,000, on top of which there were also commissions based on workload. The work was really not that interesting and the babbling and hocus-pocus was not the problem. It was the everyday rule of having to punch a card at 9 o'clock exactly that didn't agree with Wen in. She had never gone abroad, but still lived according to a European time zone. No matter when, she always had to be a few hours behind Beijing time. When others slept, she was wide awake, and when others awoke, she got sleepy. Every day when the alarm went off, she turned it off with a contorted expression, deciding to sleep a little longer, even if it killed her. Leilier went to great lengths to wake her up. He simply couldn't understand why the usually good-tempered Wen would be so into snoozing, and how she got so angry at his every attempt. He put his finger in her nostril, impeding her breathing to wake her. He put his cell phone on Vibrate and placed it on her tummy, making her only able to dream of tractors, if she dreamed at all. Every morning, she was dragged by him to the bus station to begin a new day of work. Occasionally, he would run out of patience, perhaps because of her obstinacy. She would completely sleep through a shift. Because of her erratic tardiness, her pay was deducted a goodly amount every month. Wen Xiaonuan never admitted her mistakes but devoted herself to denouncing the company's deductions. Her basic pay was 2000, but for one absence there was a deduction of 100 yuan, while tardiness cost 50. If I were to absent myself for a month, do you mean I would have to give them money? That winter, after a tired spring, boring autumn and sleepy winter, Wen Xiaonuan repeatedly missed work. At the end of the month, her income plus bonuses was only 900 yuan. She held the thin wad of cash, swore at the boss, picked up her stuff, and from then on became an unemployed youth of the new age. First, she returned to her hometown to live for a month. No losing money, no matter how much she slept, and her food and clothes were taken care of by mom and dad. When Xiaonuan was in high spirits and reluctant to leave. Lelia bitterly and earnestly implored her parents, but she had no intention of coming back until Lelia ferociously issued a final ultimatum. If you don't come back, I'll kill the four cats, and I'm not joking. She knew Lelia didn't have the guts to do it, but still pretended to give in and scurried back to Beijing. When she emerged from the station, they gazed at each other. There were no romantic and sensational hugs and tears, just two people pushing and shoving. You punch me, I hit you, all buddy buddy as they returned to their rented apartment. Upon seeing the cats, Wen Nguyen's eyes warmed, and she broke into a tender smile. She checked the cat food and sandbox and gave Leia an approving smile. After Wen Nguyen had finished lavishing her attention on the cats, it was Leia's turn. In fact, Leia hated those cats. They were gluttonous. And lazy, strolling casually around the modest sized house, boldly scratching everywhere. But he had no choice. Wen Xia didn't want diamonds or roses or fancy clothes. She loved cats to death. None of the four cats were a famous breed. Two were strays from off the street, two were from her cunning previous owners who had especially entrusted their cats to her. From Wen Xian junior year, they began to move in systematically. Originally, Wen planned to welcome with open arms a new stray cat from downstairs, but at Lelia's urging, she pulled a long face and abandoned the idea. Four cats were already enough. The room was full of them jumping about, filling one's ears with their dissonant meowing. They had all been repulsive abandonees who suddenly became Wen Xian'uan's prized gems. Mei Mei's appetite seemed poor. Niu Wan had been losing hair lately. Chun Shang was picking on Gang Dan again. Wen Xian'uan spoke in cat almost treating herself as one. Once, Chang jumped out of an open window. With no sign of the creature, Wen Xiaonuan was off her food for two days. She stared ahead with bloodshot eyes, hoping for the moment of the prodigal son's return. Leilie pretended to comfort her, in his heart feeling that one less cat meant one less worry and nuisance. At dinner time, he took the two-day hunger strike girl to a little restaurant downstairs. She ate with a cross face, poking at the bowl's food with her chopsticks as if it were the chopsticks that needed nourishment and not her. After pining for three or four days, she heard a familiar meow all of a sudden. Beneath the building entrance canopy, there stood her wretched cat under the waning light. Wen Xianwen was overjoyed. She quietly edged close to Chun Chang as if afraid it wasn't really willing to come back. She was afraid to be rude for fear of scaring it. She begged Leilie to go upstairs and get the cat back. Leelia held the bag and accepted his fate. This bastard that had played hide and seek for several days and had finally, shamelessly, come home. As the breadwinner of the household, Leila had to support the unemployed Wen Nguyen and her four cats. The jobless Wen Wen commanded the world in her pajamas, eating and sleeping and sleeping and eating every day, not going out unless as a last resort. But she hadn't put on weight. Her body was still long and slim, like a photograph. With nothing to do, she started to study cooking. She believably bought a few cookbooks and flashily procured a set of new kitchen implements. In the rented apartment's shabby kitchen, her kitchenware was immaculate and shiny. Seeing her serious and conscientious demeanour, Lelia wondered whether she might not also purchase a chef's hat. No matter what she did, she never saw herself as an amateur. Having just started, she nonetheless displayed the airs of a food god, at the time, pushing the door open every day revealed a new, strange smell. Miso soup, red wine, pear, grilled Spanish mackerel, butter seafood casserole, Beijing, Shandong, Sichuan, Canton, old, new, Chinese and foreign. Wen Xiaonuan even went to the wholesale market looking for moulds. She tried to make the dream of red chamber lotus leaf soup that Jia Bao Yu ate. At first, Lelia thought he would be eating hot, family-style food every day. Little did he imagine he would be forced to try new dishes on a daily basis. They actually all tasted good. Lelia agreed that Wenxian certainly had a talent in this area. Only he couldn't stand her fanatical new frills or those overpriced and ever-wasted ingredients. Cooking at home cost as much as eating out.
0: What you've just heard was the first part of the story titled rough guest couple from the book the sound of salt forming short stories by the post-80s generation in china published by the foreign language teaching and research press in 2016. do join us again next time on on literature for the second part of the story i'm huang Rei. see you next time